0: Now, this is not a headline you expect to read in the midst of a cost-of-living crisis. The nation's largest private health care, sorry, child care provider has hiked its fees nearly 5% and given its boss a record multi-million dollar pay package. I guess if you're a shareholder in G8 Education, which runs more than 400 centres, this means profits are growing. But if you're a parent with a child in care uh, with them, it'll mean you're paying around $6.50 a day more, and before you say that's not much, I think I'm paying 140 a day. I think a lot of parents would say the same. Uh, Georgie Dent is the CEO of the Parenthood, a not-for-profit uh, parent, carer, and child advocacy group. Georgie G8 says the fee hike is due to higher wage and supply costs, and that doesn't sound completely unreasonable. But does it mean that they're they're paying their staff more exactly? No, it is
1: consecutive fee increase that G8 has passed on to parents um, since January 2022. So, the cumulative increase in fees in in sort of just over two years is 23.8%. Now, that is a very significant percentage increase. It far um, exceeds inflation. Um, with the cost of living pressures that families are under, This is a huge increase and it's also, we've got to recognise that in Australia, the out-of-pocket cost for early childhood education and care is already so high that the idea of families being, you know, facing increases of almost 25% in two years, it's completely unsustainable.
0: Obviously, there is those understandable wage and supply costs, but Why has G8 done this then? Do you think they're taking advantage of the increase in government subsidies introduced last year?
1: Well, I mean, that's a pattern that we have seen quite consistently, that when um, there is additional affordability relief provided by the government, um, we have seen providers increase fees. Um, Now, G8 has increased fees really significantly significantly. Um, over that two-year period, I don't have in front of me data from all of the other providers because it's not necessarily given. Because G8 is a listed company, we do have access to that more readily. Um, But what we know is that, so at the Parenthood, we did a nationally representative poll in October last year of 1,200 parents with children under six, and 62% of them said they're struggling financially. And only three in 10 parents who use centre-based early learning, so usually that's long day care, say the costs are easily manageable. So 70% of families that use early learning say it's not manageable. Um, And this is a huge issue um, because the sort of perverse other side to this is that the vast majority of parents believe that the cost of living means families don't have a choice and and both parents where there are two parents need to be working And then it creates what we describe as a cost of working crisis where parents literally cannot afford to go to work because the cost of care is so high, but they can't afford not to work either. And so everyone loses.
0: You hear those stories anecdotally, I'm sure you have, I have too, about one parent saying, well, given the part-time wage I'm earning, it's just not worth it in terms of childcare. What is the average cost of childcare? I'm putting you on the spot slightly here, but I'm kind of curious if what I'm paying is representational or at the lower or higher end of the scale.
1: So, G8, which has got 400 um, services across the country, their average daily fee is now $151. and we know that for long daycare, that is, um, you know, that tracks with what a lot of our, our members um, say. The The sort of average out-of-pocket cost per day is hard to give a figure on because it does depend on what your household income is. Um, but we know that when families are spending, you know, when the, the fee is upwards of $100 a day, upwards of $150 a day. In in the capital cities, there are definitely services where the daily fee is over $200. Even with a government subsidy, um, it represents a really significant chunk of household income. And you know, the evidence is very clear here that families in Australia with... Um, you know, two children in care, on average they might be spending twenty-four percent of their earnings on childcare even after government subsidies. And when I tell you that in Sweden, the average for sort of two average wage earners with two children in full time care, in Sweden they spend five percent um of their earnings on early learning. In Germany they spend one percent. So families spending twenty-four percent um is huge.
0: In terms of policy here, we're kind of stuck in a vicious cycle where you have the government's increasing subsidies, which has a bit of a short-term benefit, but then is ultimately eroded through fee increases. Does the government need to be doing more on the supply side here?
1: Well, look, the government has um, remained really committed to its path towards and its commitment. Um, towards plotting a path to a universally accessible early education and care system. And um, obviously the changes to the subsidy were sort of the short-term um, promise and that has been welcomed. So the, the investment that the government made has reduced um, out-of-pocket costs for long daycare by about 11% according to the ACCC. Um, and so the ACCC and the Productivity Commission have both been asked to undertake Um, inquiries into this issue. Um, The ACCC's conclusion um, was that the system is not working, it's not meeting the needs of of all children and families, which we know. Um, The Productivity Commission, that inquiry has been asked to to look into how a universal system could be um, designed and developed. And the parenthoods view is that the childcare subsidy is ultimately not fit for purpose if we're talking about a truly universal system we want parents to have access to high quality early education and care that is simple to access that is totally affordable but also that there's certainty so the, the one of the barriers that families have in australia is because our subsidy system is so complex i know a lot of people who are highly educated who cannot read the invoice from their early learning service. And our three children are now through it. But I can tell you this, those bills are hard to understand. Yeah. What you are charged each month can vary. You don't know at the end of the year, what at the end of the tax year, whether you're going to owe money or whether mm. they're going to owe you money. And that makes it really hard for families to make decisions about who works and when. Mm. And given all of the sort of data that's come out yesterday about the gender pay gap and the conversation that that has triggered around... You know, we have seen business leaders saying the pay gap does reflect that women in Australia are choosing, um, you know, to work less and be at home with their children more. And what we would say is no choice is made in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. We have to look at the context in which families are making these choices. We know families are telling us they want to be able to work more so that they can cover the cost of living, so Mm -hmm. that they can progress in their careers, but they can't.
0: It's such yeah, a tough decision for a lot of families. I know that's uh, all too well. Uh, it's 825 Georgie Dent, CEO of The Parenthood. Good to talk to you. Thanks, Andy. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.